I surrender all 
same key we'll speed it up just a little bit let's sing that song when the battle's over we shall wear a crown oh so when the battle's over we shall wear a crown yes we shall wear a crown and we shall wear a crown and when the battle's over we shall wear a crown in that new jerusalem
change the order of our service. Uh, let's uh, sing that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, before we take our prayer requests at this time. So turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His could have the ushers come forward once I finish reading them. Um, just want to uh, remember Sister Connie Hughes. Um, she has a possible hip surgery, uh, so we just want to remember her, uh, that the Lord will intervene on that. And also uh, Brother Troy, um, who is having uh, some trouble uh, with his balance, so we just want to remember that need as well. Um, just want to remember uh, Brother Ben and Brother Jason Ashdown, who is uh, having to work this evening, so uh, just remember them as well. And also, uh, Sister Caitlin and uh, Rebecca Ivy are on their way back from camps in Norway, so we just want to remember them that they'll have a safe trip back this week. Um, that's all the spoken prayer requests I have. I know we have many needs among us, though, and uh, many unspoken prayer requests, so just by the lifting of your hand. The Lord knows that need, and if I could have Brother Jaron come up at this time and pray over the needs and also the tithes and offering at this time, too. 
Let's join our hearts together and bow our heads in prayer. Gracious Lord and Father, as we come before you and approach your throne this evening, Father, first of all, we ask forgiveness, Lord, of anything that might be contrary in our spirits, God. Lord, we pray that you would move upon us, Lord, and just soften our hearts, Lord, to your word and what you would have for us tonight, Lord. I pray that you would just open our eyes, God, that we might see you in a deeper way, Lord. I pray that you would just loose the chains of affliction that bind your people, Lord. Father, those that are sick and afflicted, Lord, I pray for them, God. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just move upon them. And Lord, bring healing in your wings, Father, for those individuals that have need tonight, Lord. You've heard the request, Lord, and you know each and every need better than I could ever say it, God. For you know us, Lord through and through, Lord, for you created us, Lord, and you have every answer to every question. Lord, I'm thankful for that, Lord, that we can trust you and look to you for all of our needs, God. Lord, what a comfort it is to know that you're always there for us, God. And Lord, we can reach out to you no matter where we are, God, no matter how far apart we are. Lord, we know that you have us in your hands, Lord. We could never stray from your hands, God, for they encompass everything, Lord. I pray for those traveling, Lord. I pray for my daughter. I pray for Sister Rebecca, Lord, for your grace and mercy to be upon them. Lord, that you would just, Lord, grant traveling mercies. Bring them safely back to us, God, and be with them every step of the way, Lord. Any others traveling, Lord, that are not with us today, Lord, I'm sure their hearts would desire to be here. Maybe they couldn't attend service tonight. Maybe streaming through the Internet, Lord, just to hear a morsel of your word God may you go to each person tonight Lord and just grant a special blessing Lord speak to us God in a mighty way Lord through your speaker may we be attentive to your word and bless the ministry tonight in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen just as the ushers go by uh, we'll go ahead and uh, invite Brother Barry to come at this time now let's sing that song open our eyes Lord so open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus to reach out and touch
seated tonight. Hold on, brothers, if you will. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord tonight. Good to have all of you with us uh, tonight. Good to have the crosses back. Jeremiah, good to have you here, and uh, each and every one. May God bless you. Now, just a couple of quick announcements, and then I'm going to show you a little intro for Brother uh, Taylor, and um, then we'll turn the service over to him. Uh, If you received the update today by email, put your hand up. If you're not getting email, email updates, you should let me know. Give me your email address so that we can uh, make sure you're on the list there, okay? Um, Sunday evening, we'll have, uh, we'll, so Sunday, we'll have two services, 11 and 5 p.m. And we will have a simple snack afterwards that will give us a bit of time to fellowship uh, together. Brother Stacy Goodbread will be here, and uh, we'll be able to have some uh, refreshments right after the service on Sunday evening. Next Sunday, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, uh, we're going to have the first joint meeting between ourselves and uh, Apostolic Tabernacle, AT and HBT. And uh, we're going to have a a, a gathering here on Friday night, right? Friday night. And uh, if you're in the young people's group, you should have gotten a, a notice today. And it'll be from 6 to 9.30. It's for 13 and up. And that will uh, be not this Sunday, but the following Sunday after that. On Sunday, we're going to take an offering for the Ansong family. And uh, they had to borrow a vehicle in order to get here to church last Sunday. And uh, Brother William has gone through um, a couple of different job setbacks, but he's working as hard as he possibly can, going to school full-time trying to make ends meet. It's been very difficult. And so we're going to, as a church, we're going to help them out a little with an offering uh, in order to uh, get their vehicles back on the road. Uh, Brother Tom has been helping uh, in an instrumental way this week. And uh, between the deacons and myself, we figured we'd just throw it out to the church on Sunday morning, take an offering, and uh, we'll make up the difference to the the amount that he needs to have in order to get his uh, vehicle back. So that'll be this Sunday morning. I have a, uh, an unusual prayer request, and most of you know Brother Mike Walls, who has been here before, and uh, pastors up in uh, Washington, D.C. For 26 years, they have rented uh, the Seventh-day Adventist uh, church, and Seventh-day Adventist churches are good to rent if you don't have a building, uh, because they meet on Saturday, and uh, the believers could meet on Sunday. Um, 
it's been a good working arrangement because real estate in Washington is probably 10 times what you're used to uh, hearing. It's just unbelievable. And uh, after 26 years, they installed a new pastor. The new pastor said, we want you out. Uh, so Brother Mike and the congregation, and there's about 300 people or so in that congregation, uh, they are now in the process of looking for a, a building uh, that they can use somewhere on the subway line because most of the people come to church by subway, uh, and it's a really challenging thing for them to do that. I told Brother Mike two things. I said, number one, when, when the door closes, God usually opens a window or another avenue for you. And I said, with God, nothing is impossible. And so we're just going to pray together. The second thing I told him is that we're going to pray together. And I, I asked him, did he mind if I brought it to the church? And he said, no, we want everyone in the country to pray. And uh, so I would just ask you to remember that need in prayer. I think it's August 15th that they have to be out. Uh, and so we want to just uh, keep that before the Lord and trust that God will find them uh, the right place. Okay, so if you don't mind remembering that need. Uh, I want to bring you greetings from Brother Tim Ashong in Ghana. Uh, he wrote me today, and he and his wife send their greetings and their love to us. And uh, they're uh, certainly anxious to come back again. He's going to come back and visit the doctor again. But uh, he said he's doing very well. Let's pull up that PowerPoint here. Without any further ado, I'd like to uh, introduce Brother uh, Samuel Taylor. And uh, Brother Samuel lives in Cape Coast, Ghana. That's a city on the... Um, on the Atlantic side of Ghana, and uh, has done a, a very great work uh, for us with Vision Books and distributing uh, materials all over, not only in Ghana, but also some in Nigeria and Liberia and neighboring countries, and we are just honored to have him with us uh, today. He came down to the house, and I want to say thank you to Brother Aaron for helping to uh, show hospitality to our brothers. done a great job over the last two days. And uh, this is the western side of Africa. So this is the opposite side from where Tanzania and Kenya and Malawi and all that area is. This is on the very western side. And that's the small version right there. And Ghana is right on the bottom of that screen. Let's blow it up just a little bit so you can kind of see uh, the nation of Ghana. There are lots and lots. There's probably 500 churches in this country. Uh, Brother Samuel lives right on the bottom uh, across the, uh, the, the capital. That's where Brother Tim Ashong lives. And then uh, Brother Samuel lives down from that in Cape Coast uh, on the bottom there. So <clears throat> this is a large area to cover. On the right is Benin and Togo. And those are, from what I understand, and talking to missionaries, those are some of the... Um, some of the nations that have the biggest problem with witchcraft and voodoo and black magic and so forth uh, in those kinds of real darkness about uh, that part of the world. And so we appreciate the fact that there's 500 uh, churches uh, in Ghana. And there are several churches in Ivory Coast, Togo, and Benin, and of course in Nigeria over on the, next, uh, on the, on the right. So we appreciate the light penetrating that darkness. This is Brother uh, Taylor's church in Cape Coast, and they've received their uh, church-age books there. They mostly speak English. And this is Brother uh, Samuel in, in uh, some of the photos of him distributing books. Uh, we gave them 2,000 Bibles, and i got to appreciate this guy on the left. Uh, he's carrying boxes of Bibles there, and uh, they distributed those all over. And they're, because they're English Bibles, they could cover a pretty large area. 
So Brother Samuel has done that uh, just so freely and graciously and uh, been a great blessing to the people uh, in Ghana. And that kind of work tends to unify uh, a nation and uh, bring them together because we, we, all, we, all, we have this in common. We all love the message. And everybody wants to have a Bible and read the Bible. And so this is a great thing. And uh, Brother Samuel has done a, a very great job. This is Brother uh, Jim Naimichi in the picture on the right. He's in the middle. Uh, but Jim's been here to visit us before and has a, a lar very large group over there and uh, been in the work many years, and so they were delighted to have uh, this material. So we are honored tonight to have Brother Samuel with us and uh, to speak for us. So you pull on the gift and uh, listen closely, and uh, we'll just trust that the Lord will bless your soul tonight and fill your cup. Let's stand to our feet tonight, and uh, let's sing that little chorus, Have Your Way, Have Your Way. We'll invite Brother Samuel uh, to come. Mitchell, you might want to help him there, get that uh, set up there. Have your way Have your way Holy Spirit Feel our hearts and have your things you had purpose that Lord this day I'll be with your children today and Father it has just come to pass that's why we're able to meet this evening we are very grateful Lord for loving us calling us out of the darkness of this world into your marvelous light you continue to be the shepherd of your sheep, keeping us and feeding us and preserving us, especially in a reckless time like this, to preserve us for your coming. We are very grateful. We commit ourselves to you this evening. Forgive us of all our trespasses, all God, all the uh, issues that we go through on a daily basis. Father, our excesses and omissions, we pray, Father, deal with us as children and continue to correct us where we are wrong, continue to mold us, continue to work on us until you can present us unto yourself as a chaste virgin without spot nor wrinkle. Dear Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves to you this evening. Father, no one goes to your house and returns the same. Anytime we have the opportunity to come into your presence, it should, we should go back better than we came. And we expect that Lord, you will do that for us. 
be committed ourselves to you. Have your own way indeed in us and bless us. Father, we pray for those who are not here but should have been here. If work or something has kept them, Lord, wherever they are, may they, in your own way, Father, have a portion of the children's cake. We thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, without keeping you standing for long, I just want to read a scripture and then you sit down. Then I want to read the first scripture from Luke chapter 10 and from verse 38. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou, thou, thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. You can take your seats as I read another scripture from Matthew chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. Matthew 16, 25 and 26. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. Um, God bless you, saints. Uh, I thank the Lord for bringing me this way. And I just want to thank Brother Barry Kofi uh, for inviting me to come over here. It is actually uh, uncommon for a minister to give his pulpit to someone uh, who is not known to him. Uh, he knows me through communication, maybe WhatsApp communication, but this is the first time we are meeting. And so it's not easy for a minister to give his pulpit to somebody he doesn't uh, really know. So I thank Brother Kofi for the trust that uh, he has uh, for me concerning this. And then, 
So, Makofi, God bless you so much. It's uncommon for ministers to do I'm a minister myself, and it's, not, it's hardly done. So, I thank him for that. Yes, as he said, um, he's been sending books to me for distribution, as a, uh, the vision books. And uh, it has really, really helped us. You know, I can look back some years and books were very scarce. And to have one message book, not many people had it. So if one person had it, he would just lend it to you for maybe a week. And you have to read it. If you want your own copy, just spend the night and then handwrite the whole thing. Yes, we used to do that. A whole book, you will sit down, get some white papers, write them, write, 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 write. Because you want to have your personal copy. Yeah. So this uh, printing and distribution of books is of immense help to us. And we are very grateful to all those who are in the team getting these books to us. We are very grateful. It's, a, it's, a, it's on the right direction. That What you are doing is really on the right direction, and it is actually uh, yielding the, the expected results. So we thank you, and we bless you. We ask that the Lord will continue to... Uh, help you in any way to get these books uh, to be printed continually. God bless you. Um, this evening, I just want to share a little thing with you. And um, we've read the scripture from Luke chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 16. Um, I've got, I want to talk about, the topic is value. Value. Forgive me of my tonation if it's not too uh, clear. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Value. You know, Jesus went to the house of Martha, and Martha was busy cooking, doing all those things. But Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, just listening. And Martha came complaining. But Jesus, why don't you tell my sister to come and help me? She's just sitting down. And then Jesus said, Martha, you worry yourself with so many things. But Mary has chosen the, the best, which cannot be taken away from her. So based on this, I want to talk a little about value. No, so what is value? I looked up in a certain dictionary, and it said, value has a value. Only if its value is valued. <laughs> value has a value only if its value is valued. So that's the definition of value. <laughs> so it's a price that... Uh, it's attached to something. The worth of anything is its value. The importance that we attach to things sometimes can be 
our own principles in life become our value. Sometimes our beliefs, what we believe, becomes our value. How we regard things, how we perceive things, we look at things differently. And what's important to one person may not be important to the other person. Something precious to or dear to you may not be dear. It may not mean anything to another person. We read differently. We understand differently. We receive and act differently. All because of values that we attach to things as individuals. What will set somebody running may not even move someone, another person. It will t- but you see, to take people of one mind to have a similar or similar values. If two people or a group ha- have um, um, one mind, then their values will be similar. Their values will be similar. So being in the same spirit is likely to give us similar values to things. When we are in the same spirit, then our values are likely to be um, similar. Now in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, Ephesians 1.18 says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That we may know the, what is the hope of his calling. So the level of our spirituality will determine our understanding yeah. of things. Yeah. When one has a low level, he may not understand you. See, like, I mean, going to school, the uh, grade one, or first grade person is not supposed to understand the seventh grade uh, work that is given. See, unless he gets there, but until he gets there, no, it will be it will sound something different to him. So, the level of spirituality counts. That is what can give us uh, similar values. Because things are different when our understanding are open. If our eyes of understanding are open, then we are likely to see things on the same level, on the same basis. So if that is the case, then revelation is very important. Revelation is very important. And like the prophet said in church book, he says, the importance of revelation by the spirit to a true believer can never be overemphasized. Revelation means more to you than perhaps you realize. 
Now, I'm not talking about this book of Revelation and you. I'm talking about all Revelation. It is tremendously important to the church. Do you remember in Matthew 16 where Jesus asked the disciples this question? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. That we may know what is the hope of his calling. We have a call in our lives. That is where we are sitting here. But we need to know the hope in this calling. If you, if you don't know or if you are not aware and you just come to church because people come or you are born into it and all that, uh, you will not value coming to church. You will not value, I mean, the service and anything. <clears throat> but if you know the hope that is in your calling, the call in your life, if you know the hope of it, it will make you act differently. And you do things differently. There is a scripture in Psalm 73. And he was saying that, let me just read Psalm 73, 1 to 3, and then um, 13 to 17. They truly... God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Now he said, I almost backslided or I almost went off because I was envious of the prosperity of the wicked. Sure. So I wasn't, you see, if you are not seeing any value or any, any, anything about being a Christian, being a believer, believing this message, you see, it's not attractive. If you don't see anything uh, more than just anyone, any other person is seeing, the going will be difficult for you. The going will be tough. So this, the psalmist was saying that I almost slipped. I almost went off because I was envious of the wicked. Yeah. The wicked prosper. Sure. The people around us, they are prospering. They, are, they, they, they have things easy, easy going than us. And so he said, I almost slipped. <clears throat> then verse 13, he said, Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. Yes. You say, ah, I have lived a good life. Uh, I have 
I've not cheated. I've kept myself clean and all that. And I don't see, it's not just benefiting me. For all the days long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will work, I will speak thus, behold, I shall offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. So he had a, a solution to his problem. Until he went to the sanctuary of God, he didn't understand why the, the wicked should prosper. And he who had served, the, who was serving the Lord, who had kept himself clean, and all that should, should be going through all those uh, ordeals. But when he entered into the sanctuary of God, then he understood the end of the wicked. So it was a revelation. Otherwise, he would continue to, to begrudge God and grumble and envy and be jealous of all those people. But when he went to the house of God, he understood the end of the wicked. And so that took away that problem from him. You see, so revelation enables us to attach importance to our calling, the call of God in our lives. We know there is hope for us. There is hope for us. So we are not just worshiping God in vain. We are not just making church or playing church. But we know why we are here. We know why we are serving the Lord. We know why we have denied ourselves of everything. And then serving the Lord. It comes by revelation. You know, Saul of Tarsus, as we all know, who became Paul, he persecuted the church of God and the disciples. But things were different after his encounter uh, with the Lord. He didn't see any value, anything in these people. He said these were good-for-nothing people. And so he persecuted them. But when he had his encounter, when he had a revelation of what all those things were about, he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, he said, but what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I counted all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Amen. See, So uh, until his eyes were opened, until he knew what these things were all about, he just downgraded or just... Uh, relegated the Christian uh, uh, faith to the background. Yeah. But when his eyes were opened, yeah. he said, oh, then he, the value changed. changed. Yeah. Thing that he valued so much. He said, no, now I count them as dank. They are no more anything to me. Now, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is all to me. The prophet, prophet talked about uh, the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, in slavery, in bondage. Now, prophets dramatize like uh, Pharaoh will go and uh, look uh, through a window, see the uh, Israelites working like slaves, and then Pharaoh will laugh and thank his gods. Oh, my God, I thank you that I'm not like one of these people. I'm not, part, I, I don't, I'm not associated with them. Yeah. 
he will leave, and then from the same window, Moses will come and stand and say, oh, my God, these are the children of God. I love to be one of them. You see, so from the same window, Pharaoh was given a value. Moses was given a different value. They were seeing things different from the same window. Depends on how they saw them. And Proverbs in my life story said, it's not the value of anything. It's the way you look at it. The way you look at it is how you give value to it. I hope you are not worried if I, I quote the prophet. <laughs> I'm reading from the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, so what is value? I begin to think. I say, you know, if I had $100 million laying here in a pile, and I had a little button here, if I press this button... I lose my $100 million, but I get to talk with my old dad that's gone on as one hour immortal being again. What will I do? No hesitation. I'll press the button. I'll give $100 million this morning to sit my dad down in this chair while I teach this lesson. But what's money's worth? How much more is a soul? than money. Wow. Hallelujah. So, he said he was prepared to give a hundred million dollars just to enable him to speak to his dead father. Just for, for, for five minutes. Because hundred million dollars was nothing to him as compared to a soul. Hallelujah. So here again, I just want to say, God bless you for the books that you are supplying to us. It's all trying to find the last sheep to come in. It's trying to bring the people from wherever. You cannot be there. And so you are sending your, your monies by way of these books to get the people for one soul, it's worth more than $100 million. So that is the value that you have placed on the souls. You could have, you could have used those monies for something else. But you have weighed the two and realized that, no, this money going to support the work of God, to bring the, the souls, is worth more than anything that I can get here. Today, people will choose money and wealth over and above anything. That is the world that we are living in now. People will choose popularity. Men have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, as the Bible predicted, and we are seeing it. Today, people spend millions of dollars just on entertainment. Entertainment. Anything that is entertainment, they are prepared to put in so much money. 
but you have you 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 know where you are placing your money. You know where you are you are placing your value. See, people don't put they they, they mis they misplace their priorities. Mm. What has to be first, no, becomes maybe the last of something. But that is to them. So it's all about value. Talking about value, let me make mention of our phones. We all have phones. How much value do we put on this? As a comparison. We are all guilty. You see, the phone has many good things. Because I'm in Ghana thousands of, uh, thousands of miles away and I can communicate with brother uh, Barry. I can communicate with any of you. I mean, it has a good side, but we, 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 we let it, let us not become enslaved to it. So even in the morning when you haven't prayed, when you haven't read the word, and then you'll be on the phone. Sometimes you take the Bible or a message book, you are listening or reading, you are dozing. But when you take the phone, you can be on it, Throughout midnight. Where are we placing our values? We must be checking these things. Like I said, we are all guilty. See, we are all guilty. Let's look at the rich young man who met Jesus. He wanted eternal life. And then God showed him, Jesus showed him, if you want eternal life, go sell everything that you have. Give to the poor, take up your cross, and come and follow me. But the Bible says the, the rich man went away sad because he had so much. And he was not prepared to let go and let God. He has placed more value or much value on his properties, his assets, his money, his wealth, than eternal life. Perhaps they say, ah, so if I give all these monies, all my properties, then I will become poor. I'll become miserable. And at the end of the day, I will die like a poor man. I'll be buried like a pauper. He decided to keep his money rather than to take eternal life. He placed much value on his, uh, his wealth than the calling of God. But what do we gain, brethren, as the scripture said in Matthew? What Solomon uh, gain if he loses his life? If he gains, sorry, if what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? There is nothing that we can give in exchange for our souls. There is nothing. First Corinthians chapter 1 says, verse 18, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto you and I, who are saved, it is the power of God. So realize that preaching of the word of God is even foolishness. 
People don't give any value to it. But you and I, it is all that we have. That is our all and in all. That's what we care for. Take the, world, take the whole world and give me Jesus. That's all I care for. I care for. That is where I place my value. That is what is more important in my life. The message, this message is not attractive. Not many people will want it. But that is our treasure. That is our value. That's where we have placed our value. Because we know what it is to have this message. One time, David was chatting with uh, Nathan the prophet. And David said, why should I, a human being, live in a house built with cedar? And then the, 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 uh, the, the ark of God be kept intense. What was David doing? He said, ah, even me, human being, if I have a comfortable place to live, and then now I leave the tent or the ark of God under tents. No. It's a misplaced priority. God should have the better part, and not me as a human being. So he thought about God. No, God rather deserves where I am living, and even better than where I'm living than for him to be in under tents or something. So you see, so David was placing more value on the things of God than himself. And that is what we have to be doing. We don't have to take the better part for ourselves and then bring the, the remnant or the residue to God. No. We must always let God have the first place. You know, the woman of uh, Zarephath, when he met her, uh, when she met um, uh, Elijah, she had just a little food ready for her and her son, which they would eat and then be expected to die. But he took the word of the prophet. The prophet said, you just don't worry. Prepare some for me first. And then think about, before you think about you and your child. She did that and we know the result. She took the word of the prophet. And I believe if we take the word of a prophet, it is God's own word. Yeah. If we take and we we'll give that priority in our lives, yeah. God will not fail us. Amen. Let us think about God, the things of God fail because we, for before we think about our own selves. And I believe it will, uh, it will please God. We are talking about value. There's a story that is told about a little stamp that a little boy found maybe on the, on the ground or something. A little stamp. He took it to the postmaster. The postmaster gave him maybe a dollar or two to buy candy. And the postmaster took the, uh, kept the stamp. At another time, somebody the postmaster sold this stamp for, let's say, about $50 or $100. This stamp went changing hands. Changing hands. This one was sell, I mean, a higher price, a higher price. Later on, this little stamp 
was sold so much, so many hundreds of uh, dollars. What was happening? It was the value that each one gave unto this little stamp. To the little boy, that stamp was nothing. To the postmaster, it was something, but not too much. To the next person, it was something, but not too much. You see, it went to, I mean, it came to a, a place where this stamp was bought uh, at a very high price. It's all because of the values that were given to it at each stage. See, if we give the right values, or if we see things the way they, they are, as uh, the definition gave, uh, gave us value, it's, uh, I've forgotten how it is. But then if we see how the thing is, then we can give the right value. If we see something and we see how important it is, that is how we give the right value. I, most of the time, I've been saying this, that um, there is a song that we sing. Uh, when I survey the wondrous cross yeah. on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count by loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Yeah. See, and uh, I've been saying that now, he didn't write, when I see the wondrous cross. But he said, when I survey. Yeah. You know, we see things with our naked eyes, normal eyes, but we all know surveyors and the work that they do, surveyors. A surveyor doesn't just look at things, but he, he needs a, a device or a machine that enables him to see beyond what the, the human or the normal eyes can see. That's a severe. He sees beyond because he needs a device or he uses a device, a machine, to enable him to see far, far, far away. And so if we look at the cross, just like the, the other thief saw it, just like any other people see it. Today you see even uh, gay people, prostitutes, they have a necklace and then the cross will be here. It doesn't mean anything to them. Because sure. sure. they, they don't add any value to it. But you see, that is when you see just with your naked eye. But when it is revealed, when you know what this cross, this crucifixion, what it's all about, that it's all about me. Amen. He died. He went through that. He was put to, uh, to shame. He suffered. Pain and agony, all because of me, because of my salvation. You are looking beyond that cross, that tree there. Then, and only then, can you say, oh, like Paul said, or the, the hymn said, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain, I count but loss, and poor contempt on all my pride. If you, you will acknowledge, if you will see beyond just the cross, sure. it will humble you. Amen. It will make you humble. Amen. It will make you, it will, it will place you where you are supposed to be. Amen. You will add value to, to it. Otherwise, you will see it like any other person seeing it. I cannot, I cannot see it that way, but it takes the spiritual eye. It takes 
It comes by revelation, where you can see what actually happened uh, over there. The prophet said, the healing and what sickness is. Say, I remember one time down in a museum, I'm a great lover of art and nature. I saw a picture, and I was wondering how much that picture cost. And it had a value on it, the original picture. Today, I see a picture in the city here, Christ the unseen guest at the house. I went in, and they were prizing it. And it was just a photograph off of the original masterpiece. And the masterpiece was valued way in the thousands and thousands of dollars. The artist said, why? So I said, it has taken a man his lifetime to paint that picture. And before any picture can be painted, before it's painted any masterpiece, first it has to go through the hall of critics, pass all these critics, and then if it passes those critics, then it's hung in the, in the hall of fame. So it was saying about pictures, when they are painted, they go through halls of critics. People have to criticize the picture. This place, the, the ear wasn't this, the eye wasn't that. This. And so when it has passed through all these things and no comment again, then they hang it uh, at the hall of fame. They hang it at the hall of fame. And so, Prophet was saying, our lives also have to go through such in order to be, uh, to be in God's who is whose book, God's role of honor book. Our lives also have to go through this, go through all the criticisms, all the trials, all the difficulties, all the challenges, and all the, the ups and downs and everything before we can be found in God's uh, book of who is who, yeah. or role of honor book. Before we, are, are, we can be found in that. So God is working on us. We are going through difficult times individually, ups and downs, all the challenges. But they are all good for us because we are in a training ground. He has to add value to us. See, thinking about, I'm just coming from Africa, and you know, Africa, we hardly uh, have industries where things are produced. We don't have many uh, of that. So all we have is uh, raw materials. And so our raw materials are maybe uh, brought like over here to the uh, industri uh, industrial uh, uh, countries, and then they process them until finished goods. And if we sell our raw materials, maybe $10, they come back as finished goods, maybe at $15 or $20. What is happening? Value has been added to it. It's no longer the old price of the, of the, of the raw material, but once value has been added to it, the price of these things go up. It goes up. And so, in the same way, Christ has added value 
to my life and to your life. He has added value to my life and to your life. So our values have changed. Our values have changed. We were nobodies, but today we are somebodies. We are God's somebodies. Because he has worked on us. He has worked on you. He has worked on me. And even he continues to work on us. Because we are not what we are supposed to be. But we know that because we are in his hands, we will be what he wants us to be. He said, it does not appear, yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So he is adding value to who we are. There was this story told about uh, an auctioneer. I don't know whether you've heard that story. Um, There was a little violin that was given to the auctioneer to to auction. It started the the price or whatever, and then it was $1. Someone uh, gave $2, and then this one was going for $3. And then there's, it says there's an, an old man at the back of the hall who stopped the whole thing, came in front to the violin, rubbed the dust and everything on it, tightened the string that were loose, and he played one or two tunes, gave it back to the auctioneer, and then, yes, we are starting it all over again. How much? Somebody said one thousand dollars. Somebody said three uh, two thousand. The final person said three thousand. So it was going for three thousand, and the people were asking, "What? What happened?" He said, "It was the touch of the master's hand. The touch of the master's hand has changed the value of this violin. What was going for three dollars now was going for three thousand. The master had touched this thing." So the master touches our lives. He has touched our lives, and he has given us different values. Amen. We value more than the whole world. Amen. So one soul is worth more than 100, million, 100 worlds because the master has touched our lives. Amen. He has given us different values. Amen. Jesus has put value on our lives. Amen. That is why he left his glory. He left his majesty. He left everything in heaven. What should should move? What should move God to come down? What at all should move him? After the angels were there, bowing before him, holy, 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 and everything, he he didn't need anything. But he looked down. Say, you are worth more than the praises and the worship that he's receiving. That's a price God gave unto, and he put on us. And that is why he left all those, his majesty, he left all those things and came down to be a servant. To be like one of us. To be labeled a criminal to die like a sinner, to suffer the shame, the pain, the agony. Why? Because he placed a great value on your life. 
my soul and yours. Compare it. Why should he come? Because he saw you we are more valuable than just angels worshiping him, bowing before him. No. You are worth more than that. He placed value on you. See what the Lord has done for us. So much for us. And the message believers out there. He said, I said, look, look, fellow, fellow, that's your body. But you got a soul that's worth 10,000 worlds. I said, that body will go back to the dust some of these days. But you got a soul that will live forever. Take care of that. Look at the value that Jesus Christ put on it to come from glory, to die to redeem you. That's the trouble. We look at the outside and take care of the outside, but the inside we let go. We look at the outside, but the inside we let go. The Bible talks about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. He said, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. By faith, Moses would have become the next pharaoh. But he chose, he refused that. And chose to be identified with God's children who were in in, in bondage, who were suffering. That is what he chose. He placed more value or much value on that than to enjoy the pleasures of of Egypt. Because he realized that that was seasonal. It was just for a season. His kingdom was was not an everlasting kingdom. Kingdoms shall rise and wane. So he placed much value on the people of God and just to be a pharaoh and enjoy the pleasures. So we should also see where we are placing our values. Where are we placing our values? I asked my wife not long ago, I said, I want to ask you something, Annie. I said, what is real true value placed on? Nothing but lost souls is the only thing that's got any value in it. Lost souls. So here again, back to win of souls. The only value, lasting value, I'd rather have one soul in glory that I want to Christ to know and see that that light of God circles around that soul through all eternity. My name to be associated with that than to have every penny of money in the whole earth. Because I will 
how to lose it all. But what you send up there is eternal. So, you know, win one soul or helping in one way to have one soul saved. Say your name will be associated with that soul in heaven throughout eternity. How did he come there? Through you. So your name will always be associated with that, with that single soul that is saved. How much more if you save more souls? So let us place our values right and think about heaven. Think about what we are doing for, 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 for God. Let's be more committed to the things of God than the things of this life. Yeah, there's nothing wrong doing whatever we have to do. The prophet said it. You can go to school, you can build, you can do everything, but then place your values when they're supposed to be. See, let us place our values very well because that is what we are here for. Money will perish, this will go, everything will go, but he said, um, here sometime, some time ago, I was out west, and I was standing in a man's house that invited me out for dinner. And he said, Mr. Bram, I see you admiring that sculptor painting or painting, but it was kind of a carved out of wood, like a plague uh, over the fireplace. I said, yes, sir, I am. And it was an old ox cart or covered wagon with oxes, a man in front, a little boy sitting on the seat with his mother, and they were traveling. He said, that was my father and my mother, and the little boy on the seat was myself. He said, we come here in this ox cart. He said, but since then, we have so prospered. He said, I want you to step out here in the yard. I forgot how many thousands of acres that he owned there of a ranch. He said, I bought that in my, in my young days. And he said, and said, then after that, the adjoining ranch to the west I own, the adjoining ranch to the south I own. So you see the smoke over there? I said, yes, sir. So that is a city. I forgot how much property he owned there. He said, I am the president in that bank there and telling me what all he had. So I listened for a little while and I said, I would like to ask you one question, sir. You have pointed me to the east and to the west, showing me the ranches and to the city. I would like to have you look up this way and tell me how much you owned up there. See, that's the main thing, because someday you are going to lose or leave every bit of this down here. Where do you go from there? That's the main thing. So this man was showing him, I own this, I have this, I'm the president of the bank, I'm this and that. After telling him all that, the prophet said, now please, I want you to tell me something. Look up here. Tell me how much you have there. 
He didn't have anything. So what is shall he profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul, or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So he, was, he had placed value, much value. He was, made, he was proud of the things that he had all around him, but he had nothing over there, up there. We're talking about value. We should know where to place our values. Otherwise, at the end of the day, we will turn out to be the losers. The world has kept us so busy, like Martha. Martha was busy. Was, she was doing genuine thing. They were genuine. She was trying to prepare food, something for Jesus, and all that. They, they were good, genuine. But that wasn't what she should, be, should have been doing at that time. And you and I, especially this side of the world, so busy, busy, busy. I don't, I don't blame you, because I'm sure fast food even started from here. Fast food, because you don't have time. Everything, you are so busy, 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 busy. But we need to have time for God. Amen. We need to, to, to have value for the things of God. We need to have value for the things of God. What we are doing here is fine. Everything, because the Bible even says that the hand that does not work should not eat. That's the Bible, that's the scripture. Hey, so if you are working, fine. If you are everything that you are doing, fine. Nothing against it. But let us find time for God. Amen. If someone say, oh, the whole week I've been going to work, Sunday, then today I'm tired. So I can't go to church. The whole week you have been working. But the Sunday, you are tired, so you are not going to work. You would rather have to say, Lord, I am tired, but give me grace. Give me strength. I can't, I can't miss church. Give me grace. Because mind you, if you don't go to church Sunday, Monday, you are going to work. Who will give that strength? The very person that you have refused to serve, he is going to give you the strength. See, I want to saying that, look, uh, you will not appreciate the air that we breathe, and to go to a hospital and see people having oxygen on them. They can't breathe the normal breathing. Oxygen, even those ones, sometimes it's difficult for them to breathe. But if you see these ones, then you appreciate the air that God has given us freely. We don't add any value to it, but it's valuable. You will not appreciate good health that God has been given to us until you go to the hospital and see people suffering. Different kind of diseases. You pity them. You you can't even stand them. You will not appreciate good health. God gives us all these things, but we don't add value to them. And the little thing that we have to do for God, that one will consider and consider and consider, okay, before we decide we'll do it for him. Let's put our values right. Let's put our values right. I don't want to. This is a short stay here, but that's an eternal stay there. So I think we ought to consider where we are going for, uh, we are going for eternity. If we can so supply, like I was saying, if we can so supply and fix our families and so forth here on earth with homes, 
houses, comfort, education. That's the things we should be doing. But one of the main things we should do, we have, we, 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 we should do, we leave undone till we got to the end of the road and drown ourselves in an eternity, knowing nothing about God, about his plan of salvation and redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. It's pitiful. Say, it is pitiful that we should uh, be going through that or we should, be in, we should be doing such things like that. We have left our first love. Let us go back for our first love, like the Ephesian church. We have lost our focus. We have lost our sense of direction. Yeah. We are not placing values the right way. Yeah. Let us just go back. Say, Lord, I faulted. I'm wrong this way. I'm wrong that way. Yes, it is true. Uh, see, God should have first place in our lives. He should have the preeminence in us. Hallelujah. Amen. Just want to go by the time. So let's, let's end it here. This song, I don't know whether it's familiar. Jesus, draw me close. Jesus, draw me close. Close and all to thee. If we can sing this song while well, singing. I think he got the point across very well. I'm going to value that sermon because I think uh, there's some very fundamental truth there in how we respond to the gospel and uh, placing value where it should be. We live in a world where the values are skewed, where the values are often placed on the wrong thing, on wealth and riches and reputations and everything else. But I, I'm thankful that we have reminders all the time that there are some things that are of greater value than the things of this world. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let
Time I was in Poland, um, I was with uh, Brother Zalish, and uh, Brother Zalish has been over and visited us before, and he's an older gentleman, uh, was, was one of the very first people to bring the message behind Iron Curtain, and a uh, very special man in the kingdom, and, and uh, I, I, believe, uh, I believe he'd be well rewarded for all he went through in doing that. But Brother Zalish has a passion for violins. And uh, every time I go, I, I, uh, you know, we sit down, we talk about violins. I don't know anything about violins, uh, and I don't play them. But I, I love his passion for violins. And generally, he, he, uh, uh, he'll always haul out. He opens up his, this door that he has in his house, and a sliding door. And behind it are all of these violins that are there. And... I mean, he, he looks at that and he says, hey, I got a, got a new violin, bought it from somebody in the village. And he, he'll take it and he'll play it. And oh, it just sounds so good, you know. And, and uh, I always say to him, how much, how much would you sell that for? Oh, maybe $100 or something like that. And I said, I know people who would probably pay $100 for that violin. And then he goes on, he shows these violins and, and uh, he can make those violins sound so good. He's just a, he's the way he plays. And then he said, but Brother Barry, I said, I wanted to show you something that uh, you've never seen before. And I said, oh, yeah. And he, he hauled out this violin. And he said, this one, he said, is older than a Stradivarius. And uh, he said it was made about 10 years before Stradivarius uh, started making violin, the brothers Stradivarius. And um, I, I thought to myself, wow, that must be worth millions of dollars. 
you know, an old, it looked terrible, and he took it, and he just tightened up the bow and, and uh, tuned it a little bit and played a number, and I recorded it, and I still have it on my phone, and it was, just sounded so nice. I mean, now it was really nice, and I thought, wow, dare I ask him, and I did. I said, how much would you want for that? And he, he re named a ridiculously low number, and I thought, okay, I'm missing something. And he said, the problem with this violin, he said, is that when these brothers, the, there was two brothers who made these violins before Stradivarius, and the soundboard on the, on the top was flat. So the way, that the, the way that the sound came from that violin, and I gotta remember in concert halls back then, they didn't have any electronic amplification, so there was no sound systems. The, the instruments had to carry. They had to carry the sound in, and compete with all the other instruments in the orchestra. And they had to carry through the building. And there was no way to uh, amplify it except by the way that the, the instrument sounded itself. And he said because that soundboard on the top was flat, he said the sound stayed in a, in a, in a certain, on a certain level and they could never make it higher. Stradivarius came along, the two, the, the Stradivarius family came along and they took that soundboard and they went like this. They just bent it a little bit. Same violin basically, but they just bent it a little bit like that. And when they, when they bent it, they added value. They studied the, the, the mechanics of that violin and they just, they just took it from flat to slightly bent. And as a result, the sound reverberated out of the, the violin. And, and it could fill a concert hall with an orchestra behind them just because they added a little bend to it. And when they added the bend, they had the value. And now, a violin very similar would be worth millions and millions of dollars just because they added a little bend. It's knowing where to add the value. It's knowing really what is valuable and how to... How to, how to change something, how to add that little bit. Oh, I'll tell you what, saints of God. You know, with this, with this message and with the glorious hope that God's instilled in our hearts, it's, it, there's a lot of people in the world who carry a Bible that's just like yours. And they dress in church just like you. And they sing better songs in bigger churches and better pews and all the rest of it than us. But you know what God did? God came down and sent a prophet and he just added value to the Bible. He added value to our understanding. He added an, you know, an insight into the things of God in this last day. And you know what? We're the same as everybody else. Humanly speaking, we're the same as everybody else on the face of the earth. But God placed something in us that makes us more valuable than all the stars in heaven and all the wealth of the world. Wow. We're a blessed people. We're a blessed people. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus and the greatness of His mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy.
you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we lay fall down and we lay our crown at the feet of Jesus and the greatness of his mercy and love at the feet of Jesus we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 yes we cry holy 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 is the land heavenly father we thank you for the word we heard tonight. We thank you, Lord Jesus, because through your power, Lord, and through your light that shines in this last day, you have made the word of God so much more valuable to us. And Lord, our understanding today compared to our understanding back then is so much more powerful and so much more insightful. And Lord, it's because you just turned the, uh, the, the light a certain way and helped us see. Father God, we are a people who should value your word more than our necessary meat. And I pray, dear God, that you would just help us always to be inspired, Lord. Help us to be moved by the hearing of the word. Lord, may you break every barrier that holds people back. And Lord Jesus, may you give us continued, continual understanding, Lord, and greater revelation as we go forward. We just want to say tonight, Lord, we love you and we thank you for all you've done for us. Bless Brother Taylor now, Lord, and I pray that you would guide him and lead him in the balance of his trip here in America, Lord, and as he goes to Trinidad and uh, in the meetings, Lord, I, I pray that you would just have your hand upon him. Bless his work in Ghana, Lord, and all the uh, distribution of the materials there, Lord, and just his ministry, his church, Lord, I ask that you would just bless him richly. Father, you're one who's able to fill up that which we, we lack. And we know, Lord, that you are a friend when no one else seems to care. Have your way, Lord, we pray. Bless him abundantly, and we'll commit our hearts now to your care afresh. And Lord, a special word tonight for those that are sick and those that are needy, those that are despondent. I, I just pray that you would bless them richly. Those who are listening by way of the Internet, Father, we commit them into your hands ask your blessing upon them all. In Jesus' lovely name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Amen. Falling in love with Jesus. Let's sing that as we go tonight. May God bless you. Now, did anybody get a seals book before they came into church tonight? Some of you did. I see some on the floor. They're in the lobby. So on your way out, make sure you get one couple per family so make sure you get one and uh, trustees and deacons I want to see you just before you leave tonight uh, may God bless you we'll see you on the weekend Sunday Brother Goodbread will be here two services God bless you falling in love with Jesus